Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Hello, everybody. It's Liam Billingham here from uh, Uberbusters. Um, we recorded this one a while ago. It's Minion Moskowitz. We're very excited to share it with you. As I recall, our energy uh, mirrored that of the film, so it was a bit crazy, a bit rambunctious. We definitely forgot the order of the scenes in the movie. But, you know, we, we want to give you a visceral experience of the work of John Cassavetes. So we hope you enjoy it. Um, We hope you enjoy it so much that if you haven't, you'll rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You'll tell your friends about it. Uh, We really know that if uh, the more the more reviews we can get, the more people are going to find the show. We're we're starting to see more people getting into the show, and that's great. So please tell your friends, tell them to download. They don't even have to listen, but just tell them to download. I took my mom's phone over Christmas and downloaded the podcast to her phone. I don't I don't even know if she listened to it. I don't know if she'd get it. She's not what you would. Call it John Cassavetes fan. Anyways, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, we hope you enjoy the show, and we'll talk soon. I might be George Leopolis. <laughs> I might be Liam Billingham. And this is Uvra Busters. 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 I'm George Leopolis. I'm Liam Billingham, and this is Uvra Busters, and we're talking about whatever movie. But I don't want to do that this time. I, I think, think it's Seymour Cassell's uh, swarthy uh, beauty in this. Uh, Film. Movie that's yeah. really throwing you off. What it's film are we off. talking about, George? So this is Giorgio. You go by Giorgio. Uh, I do all the time. So this is we're discussing Mini Moskowitz from tonight, 1971, starring the legendary Seymour Cassell and also the legendary Jenna Rollins. I'm going to stop you right there. Please do. Uh, Jenna Rollins gets top billing. She should actually. And Seymour Cassell gets second billing. And let's be very careful oh, about that I because sh- I love Jenna Rollins. She's amazing. Unbelievable. He's so good. Um, He's great too, but in a completely different way. And actually, before we I guess, dive into it, first of all, by the way, my first note in the, my, the first note I took down was literally, my God, there's also a ponytail. Because mm, in, pre- mm. in prepping for this movie, I saw the trailer, or maybe I just kind of Googled uh, the film and I saw some images via Ooh, that the. Was, sorry. It's all good. I was just only just talking. I was just talking to our captive audience. Really, we've got a bunch of people chained up. <laughs> so you were you watched the trailer. So I watched the trailer. I remember, I, I I took a screenshot of his absurd mustache and I texted you right away and I was like, "My God, look at this! It's thing. amazing!" Yeah. Um, and then I took that picture around uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and I told all those hipsters. Have like, you seen? You guys, you have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen Seymour Moskowitz? Yeah. Have you seen him? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like you guys think you guys have yeah. mustaches. 
Check out what's on this guy's face. Um, <laughs> um, so your first note was was uh, about the mustache. No, no the first note was about like, oh my, my, God, first also a my first note was universal because I like the universal logo that played before <laughs> it. But then I wrote down such a shell stash. <laughs> oh, nice yeah, exclamation yeah. point. Um, Mini Moskowitz, Mini and Moskowitz. Oh, sorry, what I want to just, yeah, yeah. What I just want to ask you was don't get um, annoyed when I say the date. Uh, I just I fucking hate dates. <laughs> uh, so after this, obviously, and going on them. This film was after um, husbands and before. What's the next one? Is the next one woman under the influence? Under the influence. Um, so he makes husbands. He follows it up with Mini and Moskowitz. In 1971, Husbands is 1970, Minnie and Moskowitz is 1971. Pretty quick turnaround, probably his highest budget because Universal was trying to mimic the success of Easy Rider. I read the John Cassavetes textbook. Oh, does that? Is that on? Did, it's you, in read, the did you read that on Wikipedia? Oh, interesting. I read it somewhere else. Um, next film is. Um, we're actually we're we're getting close. The next film is A Woman Under the Influence, yeah. 1974. Oof. I There's might be sick for that episode. But I wanted to record by myself. Hi, it's George. Uh, to, Marty's really going to have to fucking carry his weight on that one because he's been dead weight for the well, last like, four or five episodes. We killed him. Marty, what do you think? Hello. <laughs> That's all he ever says. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> he's busy. Um, this guy. Uh, what did you think of the movie? I really liked it. I think this is the best John Cassavetes be. movie yet. Well, it was definitely the most entertaining in by a far. way that... The other films were not, although there were, again, there were still kind of troubling moments, and I did walk away not knowing what to make of, like, Seymour Cassell's uh, character, in the sense of, yeah, I mean, just, like, to what degree we're supposed to be sympathetic to him, to what degree are we supposed to um, align ourselves with him, because he is a fucking lunatic in this film. He's crazy. He's a goddamn lunatic. And so also, I just totally forgot what I was going to say, so let's continue. <laughs> so, um... Film begins shittily. Universal. Because <laughs> everything about the experience of watching this film was shitty. Because oh, yeah, we want to talk about that. This movie, so on Monday, so generally when we go to watch one of these films, I don't know what you do, but about like three days or two days before I watch them, which is right before I record, I go online and I find them. And so far it's been like maybe one on Amazon, maybe one on Filmstruck, <coughs> maybe one with my cigarettes. <laughs> Um, smoking right now, and but I very quickly saw that. <sighs> just getting the. I just saw case. that there was n- this was not available anywhere, which I was I shocked. Panicked a little bit because four years ago, uh, I was into a girl, and she was like, "Let's watch Minnie and Moskowitz is on Netflix," and I f- we didn't fell asleep. Uh, I was like, "Cool, cool." No, not four years. Four years ago is inaccurate. Yeah, was say, was I've like been with, I've been been not married, but in a relationship <laughs> for a lot longer than Ed, that. Edit that out. Edit I'm old. So so several years ago, probably like 2010. Oh, and we'll talk about getting old too, because this film definitely tackles that as well. Um, it does. So uh, it's not wasn't available anywhere. It, available. it was available on YouTube in two versions. One, uh, 67 minutes in, goes a second out of sync. So it's like I love you. And then the mouths move. So I immediately found another version, which is what I sent to you, because I was like, don't watch this bullshit posted by this guy. Watch the the other one by the other guy, who yeah. I'm not going to identify, because I don't want it to get pulled. Right. Good call. Um, this movie's only available on YouTube right now. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy, Or yeah. Brooklyn Public Library didn't even have it. It is also crazy, because again, you'd think that just because of Cassavetti's the name, that it would be accessible, and that there would be... It'd be out there somewhere in some sort of kind of like digital version, but well, yeah, YouTube, and also I mean, in that, like 
Also not on films, Amazon, not on Filmstruck. Not Filmstruck, that's what I meant. Yeah. R.I.P. today, yesterday. Yeah, but it was it's Not still bullshit. Same. So the film begins with our uh, the titular Moskowitz. Seymour um, Moskowitz. Get like a kind of view into his life. And he parks cars. That's his job. He's, a, his car job. he's a car parker. And you can tell well, <laughs> it's also great because like right away he's um, already flirting with just random women. Which becomes kind of a theme throughout the he entire like movie. At a lady. Yeah, and she's like obviously like kind of like on a date. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he um, uh, it's, it's, he's very charming. He's very charming from oh. he's well, very charming from the start. I mean, have you seen the, the facial hair? I've seen the facial hair. At first, at first, I, I was like, oh my god, is this some sort of kind of like weird like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of thing? And that's like supposed to be Yosemite Sam like animation. I mean, it's really like, crazy. In, like, the, humans. the look, <laughs> but it's not. It's a crazy look. Um, this starts in New York or in New York City. Yes, which also is interesting, too, because then it quickly, uh, which I was kind of su- surprised because at first I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. We're going to kind of get, again, get this view of like late 60s, early 70s New York, of like sleazy New York. Predates Taxi Driver, which is sort of like the iconic 70s film yeah, about like 76, bl- like 77. I almost said Blitzkrieg New York, maybe not <laughs> appropriate. Burnt out in New York. Different historical. So he's parking cars. He's like having a good time. He never stops moving, which is one of my favorite things about this performance. Oh, that's really interesting. He's so, and it brings me back to the fucking stunt he does yeah. at the end of Faces when he runs down the 40 oh, foot hill. I thought about that the whole time <laughs> watching this thing. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about later on when he kind of like jumps that, up on Well, his yeah, that was it. Hands. But I like took a note. I was like, this is just like that scene in Faces when John Cassavetes was like, can you do a Mission Impossible Fallout style stunt for my $2 <laughs> movie? And then he's like, what's Mission Impossible Fallout? I was like, don't worry. It's going to be great. And that's when we found out that he John Cassavetes was a time trap. Was the time traveler's wife. Whoa. Uh, literally way ahead of his time. Wait. So then <laughs> the, <laughs> the next scene is... In a coffee shop? Well, it was, no. The film first. Because it, it also, Oh, that's right. He goes to see yeah. the Maltese Falcon. He goes to see the Maltese Falcon. Have which you is, ever seen the Maltese Falcon? I have. It's fucking incredible. It is. But it's also really interesting, and we'll talk about it later, but when the film uh, goes to like mini-side... It's interesting because there's like a parallel where she's also like one of the first things you see her doing is also going to a Humphrey Bogart movie. Casablanca. Casablanca, yeah. Have you ever so, seen Casablanca? I have. Is this like, are you like challenging? Have you seen? <laughs> no, I just don't know. Some people haven't seen. I, have, I haven't seen it in a How long, long you. time. I haven't seen it in a long time either. Um, oh, I thought you liked movies. <laughs> what, 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 what are we doing here? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you, you win this round. Feeling ham low as the blow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's watching Maltese Falcon. He's watching Maltese it's Falcon. It's an interesting scene that it's the betrayal scene it's with betra- Mary Astor. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of also, I mean, I read it as, especially in light of the next scene, as him kind of, I don't know, uh, obsessing over a certain kind of like masculinity or being interested in a certain kind of like masculinity. Who, John Cassavetes or Seymour? Well, both. Seymour, too. But in this case, you're talking about the character. The character, yeah. Okay. And cool. then it cuts to, which is like one of the first kind of like amazing scenes. Oh, it's an amazing scene. scene. Yeah. It goes I was, to a diner. It also almost made me throw up too. And I'll tell you why in a second. So he's at this diner and he's talking to this random guy named Morgan. Played by or, the incredible Timothy Carey. Who's yeah. an amazing actor who also is in, uh, he's in something else. He's in Chinese I mean, Bookie. He's in Chinese Bookie. God, I can't wait for you to see Chinese Bookie. I've not seen it. It's f- I'm excited. Um, But anyway... Uh, yeah, they have this long conversation. They do have... Well, yeah. No, they do have a long conversation. And it gets really intense at some point. And this guy Morgan at some point is like, oh, yeah, my wife died. So it's just like me, like in this walk-up apartment. Did you think he maybe was like homeless at first or something? 
Like the way he just like has this, or schizophrenic, or there was something really wrong with him. Oh, I thought maybe there was something wrong with him, but right. not anything more wrong with him than what might be wrong with Seymour. <laughs> yeah, uh, this so. movie does not paint a great portrait of masculinity. It does not, well, as yeah, as usual. And then there's this, like this really intense, sh- so they're like talking or something, and like he goes, Morgan's like, "Hey, you want to hear a joke?" And like Sal says, like. It's like, hey, tell me a joke, but don't treat me like a joke. And he, like, slams the table and, like, yeah, shit goes and then Seymour hits the table, but no one reacts. No one reacts. I expected that sort of to be... This is my expectation of a movie now. And, and I, one of the things that I love about this movie is John Cassavetes is quite good at upending yes. con- expectations. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you expect the whole place to flip out and everyone to be paying attention. But, like, this movie takes place in some other universe yeah. where people can... Oops. Where people can just get away with doing... Well, he also, like, yells at the waitress because she comes over... And she takes his order, and he's like, she's walking away, and he's like, "You didn't get my entire order." It's like, well, he just also by the just way like yells like a top fucking madman. Five orders of all time. A, a, a hot dog, a hot dog that he shares, uh, which is the part that almost Oof. made me throw up. Oof. He literally takes a bite out of his hot dog or so, two. So Seymour orders a hot dog, hot dog, and then Morgan. Uh, hold on, we're not done with this incredible order because it's an amazing order. A hot dog, a coffee. Oh. And a beer. And I think she says, like... This guy has no interest in hydration station. He's, he's staying clear of hydration station. She's like, a coffee and a beer? And, and he's, he's like, like yeah, yes, you're yeah, a beer. yeah, that's right. Correct. <laughs> that's, that's correct. I'm Max's dad 40 years from now. <laughs> She's like, I'm just trying to look out for you, bro. I'm like, yeah. I, I know I'm like an angry waitress who can't literally take the time to take your order, but you want a coffee and a beer? That's something I would order. At some point, I was like, oh my God, like Seymour's like a walking like negative Yelp review because he's always yelling <laughs> at like service industry people. I'm like, dude, calm the fuck Which down. is a great moment to pause and talk about <clears throat> that. About our, our, our new sponsor, Yelp. <laughs> Yang- AngryYelp.com. Ever order something and be pissed at random strangers? All the time. No, you at Yelp? That. I feel like that's an Amazon no, thing. No, you can find No, are you kidding me? People like always just rail on poor like service I don't go on Yelp that Yelp. much. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the place it's, they it's, Yeah, well, the internet's bad, yeah. but... You know it's not bad. This gin and tonic. I'm drinking alone. <laughs> so yeah. So then he. This movie. Sorry, has the worst portrayal of men, and then an, as a, then and then any John Cassavetes movie. No. This movie like sticks it in and oh yeah. Worse dude. than husbands. Yes. I don't know if that's true. Well, because the other thing I also wanted to say too is that this is the, uh, this is I, I laughed my ass off during this film. Well, I laughed my ass off in Husbands too. I mean, it's a funny movie. <laughs> But yeah, there's a different. There's there's a different. This is a funnier. This is a comedy. This is the first this comedy is, we've got. Yeah, um, and there are lots of funny moments, which is, uh, yeah, which is kind of new. Do you feel like this movie's about being lonely? Oh, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> Come here, I'll give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, in the sense that all of his films are about being lonely. But this one's really like the the loneliness just like casts a long shadow over this thing. I don't know, but again, I don't know if and more so than the other ones. Really? Yeah. You're wrong. I could be. No, I don't know. But I, I I've feel been like wrong before. from an early frame. I don't really... F- I think husband. Marty's <laughs> nodding his head. <laughs> he seems no. To, he seems to agree with you. Marty, just... Uh, no. Oh, thanks, Marty. Um, Wait, what? No, I don't have cocaine. I don't... We don't have cocaine. Marty, you're like 80 years old. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> we need you to make more you're, movies. You're a national treasure. Silence is Ooh, incredible. You. Did oh you? God, I know I asked you this before, wait, but... Hold on. He's just giving me a back rub right now. <laughs> really I'm actually a little tense. <laughs> Get in on this. So is this film about loneliness? I mean, Morgan's definitely lonely. And there's this kind of... Uh, Morgan is the guy. The Timothy Carey guy, part. yeah. Who, again, s- says that his wife died. And I believe them. I think he was being sincere. I, I don't think he was necessarily like... Uh, 
yeah. somebody. I just think he's kind of trouble in the way that so Does many. Does he start quoting from Shakespeare? Oh yeah, no, but that, that was great too. He says something like, "I forgot exactly what the context is," but he says something along the lines of, first of all, he also like." in a very kind of problematic way like turns to like Noskowitz is like what ethnicity are you oh yeah that's right <laughs> and he's like I'm Welsh he's like and then he says something about kind of who I'm, says they're Welsh uh, Morgan I drank that a little fast you, you, you destroy that didn't have a chance and then and then I forgot what the context is we're, so for the, let's be clear we're recording at night for the first time and I think it's having a bit of a loopy impact on the that, show that's why I went for the coffee are you guys into this guys check this out whoa now I have an icy seltzer That's with a amazing. tiny bit of gin. At some point, Morgan says something like, "I, you know, I've read Shakespeare, Shelley, Swinburne," and he quotes some other kind of ridiculous. Can I ask you a question? What the context? Who's is. Swinburne? Uh, I believe. Jeez, now you're putting me on the spot. I believe a uh, romantic poet, but I forgot exactly English too. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. hmm I wonder what the John Cassavetes. <laughs> Encyclopedia um, has to so say then, about so then, this. So it's interesting because this scene, the, you're, you, because we've all been in situations where we've been minorly or majorly accosted by a strange person in a public place, and not to this extent necessarily, but that scene leaves you pretty sympathetic to see more. It does, Because yeah. to this point in well, the film, he's, he's just a guy that parks cars and goes to movies with a little bit of a temper, but like it's not, out, it's not completely unwarranted yeah. in this moment in the movie. But then, but then he goes to a party, starts to talk well, to a bar, a r- but yeah, a bar. But if, if you know, it's it's such a um, it's such a weird scene. It is a weird scene. You're like, what's is he at a party? Has he been invited to this party? Like, it's a, there's a really great sense of dislocation in this movie, and the editing is such that you enter and exit scenes without a lot of context. It feels very contemporary. And part of what works is that you're like, what is he doing? Why is he going to these places and giving people a hard time? What's his deal? So then he goes to this bar yeah. and he just starts randomly going up to all these different women and saying like, oh, I know you. Don't you know me? Don't you remember me? Like, and the first more. woman he goes up to looked like the woman he hits on in the car. Oh, yeah. Good so point. I yeah. thought They're I was like, redheads. oh, oh, yeah, I thought I thought that was I thought it was the same woman. So I was like, that makes sense. It's I thought he was like blowing up her spot. I felt like they had maybe like legitimately at some point hooked up. And then obviously the rest of the scene plays out. But it's v- nothing is explained. And his behavior is very schizophrenic and strange. It is. So he basically, basically walks to this bar. Goes up to all of these different women who are clearly with other men and basically says, repeats the same thing like, oh, hey, I know you. You Don't you remember me? Seymour, Seymour. And he's, I don't know, like, if he's looking for a fight because he does get into a potential fight, but he quickly also runs away. He's into a fight with a couple of black guys, right? Well, it's also kind of, yeah. And it's also, like, shittily racist because then he, he, he calls the guy, like, Muhammad, as in, like, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, that's right. And he right. kind of, like, t- taps him on the, I forgot, like, he taps yeah, him on the back and he kind of, like puts up his fist or something and then the guy goes after him and like he Beats runs the shit out. I think he no he runs out oh that's right he does but, the, but he's gonna get the shit the guys, yeah so then he wanders into another bar and I'm pretty sure this is the same bar from Husbands and there's a oh woman. the bar from the beginning of or the the crate drinking scene yeah husbands, right? <laughs> which I, I don't think it literally is but I'm just saying it looks a lot like it and he starts flirting with some of the women there and one of them I think he at he it's, I guess it's an Irish bar like legitimately Irish in the sense of uh, oh, and he starts talking with a bro. Yeah, he starts talking with an Irish accent. Oh, like, Jesus. And he says to her, like, oh, How's you, my broke? You, it, it's, it's Should I do it for the rest of the year? <laughs> 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 if I close my eyes, I swear it'd be. It was close James Joyce. My eyes. Can you just read Portrait of the Artist for me? Um, my copies at the laundromat. <laughs> uh, Swinburne, by the way, is definitely more Victorian. 
than a romantic. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't mean to be an anti-intellectual. It's okay. Is, is, have I'm you read anything about Swinburne? No, I've, I would have known a little You're bit more about him. I just vaguely knew that he was English, and I was right. Swinburne is a very English so name. I'm just going to pat myself on the back for that Do you want one. me to get in there? Oh, yeah, thanks. Oh, thank you. Marty's still working my shoulders, but that also feels good. <laughs> Not only your shoulders. Oh, oh. <laughs> Risky. Um, Parental advisory, explicit there, lyrics. There is an E on, on the podcast. Is so there an then, E? Oh, no, yeah. I think you. I think you did the thing where you put like explicit language. That's what I mean. There's an E on oh, the podcast. So, so when you say E, let me bring you back to the '90s when E stood for everyone on Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo wow. games. There was E, and then there was other ratings. PG. <laughs> GA. I don't think there GA? was a GA. Yeah. GA for his Aladdin was GA. General yeah, I audience. played the, the GA, the Aladdin game on Super Nintendo on Sega Genesis. Oh yeah, the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a Nintendo guy. I was a poor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was a poor. I was a poor. I had a Sega I Genesis. A, I was a lowly chimney sweep, and I only had a Sega Genesis. My, my, my Sega Genesis only had 16 bits. I only had Mortal Kombat 2. Um, Ooh, good game. So then he's heading on this woman. Should we talk more about Night Trap? Oh, God. Jesus Christ. The, well, that's our, on our fucking Night Trap podcast. Let's do it all the way. Night, Night Trap cast. Yeah, which is behind our, page, our Night Trap Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> and for $100 a month, you can listen to us talking about that trap over and over and over. So he hits on these women. So he hits on this woman, and here's where he gets his ass kicked, where these guys are That's like, right. get the fuck out of our bar. Possibly because you're doing a racist Irish accent. He's kind of a racist. Exactly well, sure. yeah. Again, another kind of interesting allusion to white ethnicity. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. we talked about on our recently released Too Late Blues. Uh, that's right. We started re- we started releasing episodes, George. Um, how's that going? For, are you getting recognized on the street? Well, a lot? Oh, actually, okay. So this is a great time also to thank our fans. Like, it's... I mean, it's crazy. Three, three consecutive nights sold out at Madison Square Garden. That I am nuts. We are, oof, just touched. Thank you so much. Those weren't for us. Those were Radiohead concerts. But we tried to get tickets. We, we really couldn't audience. get them. Yeah, we <laughs> couldn't get tickets. Um, wow. So he gets beaten up. He gets his ass kicked. And as 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 a, maybe a consequence of this, he decides to move to California. California, but not before visiting his mom. His mom, who is doesn't really. <laughs> When she comes Who back, is John Cassavetes' mom. mom. Yeah, um, is M- Marty, what do you think about that? What do you think about casting moms in <laughs> films? Marty, uh, have I'm you seen Italian it. American, the documentary he made about his parents? No, send it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I won't. I'm lying. Worth watching? Yeah, it's like 20 minutes long. Oh, all right. So yeah, I'll he made it when he was like young. What I are we doing? I this isn't the fucking Martin Scorsese podcast. I could Scorsese definitely find podcast. time in my is still to, to watch. You seem minutes. to. Yeah, maybe. He gets his ass kicked. He goes to his mom. He has all these flowers. He's actually dressed up in a nice suit. He looks presentable. He does look good. He wears a tie a lot in this movie. And he tells her, yeah, he's going out west, which is also really kind of interesting because, again, I did not expect it to happen because I thought this was going to be a New York-based movie. But also, it's kind of interesting as a uh, as this kind of, I guess, traditional American trope of people who go west to kind of rediscover themselves. I would not have made that connection. I thought a little bit, though, about... Um, how John Casa movies Welcome to John Casa Movies, a new <laughs> podcast about John Casavetti's movies with your host, George Ragabas and Liam the Billingham. Yeah. <laughs> um but I I, I would have liked a John Casavetti's movie that wasn't about LA or New York. Ah. That's interesting. He has an interesting relationship. Having seen some of the later films, um you, you know, Cousins is about Long Island, where he grew and up, and London, and London, but much more but mainly, a, but, but like sort of alienated from the suburban lifestyle. Um, but then, 
LA, there's a lot of like, I mean, you could sort of retitle these because under the woman under the influence is California, I believe. Killing of a Chinese bookie is California. Um, opening night is is not. Opening night might be Ohio. I can't remember. Anyway, just interesting to think about how he relates to these places in different ways. And especially when you get to Killing of a Chinese Bookie, because that's like a sun-drenched movie, but it's a John Cassavetes movie. Yeah. So does this film feel to you when it kind of moves to California? Like, is there a California movie? California. Oh, it's the second planet? time. So fun fact, Are fun fact. the last Phantom That's the second time I've done that today. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I saw a buddy today, and he was like, oh, we're going to California. And I went, <laughs> California. And he was like, oh, when I was uh, whatever age, I bought that album because I thought the lead singer was cute. Yeah. I was like, mm, we all did. We all did. We all did. Wasn't he in a Gap commercial at some point? I don't know. Don't uh, ever bring the gap up again on this oh, podcast. Sorry. <laughs> gap <laughs> killed my mother. Brings up really bad. It's one day I'll pay them back. So he goes to California. He goes to California, and, and he's on the plane. He's on the plane, and all these these scenes. That's it, that's it, that's these it. scenes are crazy. Uh, A why? mother trying to feed his oh, her yeah. daughter, and, and she's like awful to her. She's daughter. She's awful to her daughter. And the daughter hits him in the face. Yeah, so so basically, he's sitting next to this mother and child. The mother just keeps screaming to the child, like, "You gotta eat, eat something. Your food. You gotta eat something. You got. You got it. You got it." And yeah, she's being awful to the kid. And then she's it's like, "You won't grow up to be big and strong and pretty." And at some point, she turns to uh, Seymour. She's like, "Hey, can I get your help with this?" And he's like, "Sure." And he picks up like some. He picks up a carrot and he starts chewing it. What's up, Doc? Yeah, and that's why also like the Bugs Bunny thing. So he's definitely supposed to be Yosemite Sam. So he's eating the carrot. Interesting fan theory. <laughs> and then the kid just like smacks him in the face, and the carrot comes. And like, then flying. it cuts really quickly. Like, it cuts away from, from that. Well, she apologizes though. The mom like does find a second that's to right. apologize, and then the plane lands. But clearly, also I read that scene as him trying to, or like Cassavetti's showing us that there's maybe some sort of kind of affinity that mm. he's also like always like just a child at heart. You think so? I think you're reading too know. much into it, maybe. <laughs> so what, I don't, what I don't was mean, that scene doing I don't mean, that, I don't think, I don't mean that critically, huh? but... Huh? What the fuck was that scene doing? Please tell me. Tell me. Man, this podcast is tense when we, when it's nighttime. George is just, like, pounding a lot. Why are you drinking a latte at 8.30? <sighs> That's how I roll. Um, I wonder... write a book tonight. So this, this is two things that, that I want to talk about here. I That's think... One. And I think, I've, I think I brought this up in the Shadows episode, but I think it's worth coming back a little bit. I feel as though, or I think, I feel, I feel, so, I feel so many feelings, but I think that um, Cass- John Cassavetes has really been over intellectualized. Huh. And uh, one of the part of the reason I bring that up is I was reading, um, I think it was a review uh, of this film or a film by J- by Roger Ebert, mm-hmm. and he makes an interesting point. And I think this point is is worth thinking about in reference specifically to the period and era and the kind of people he made films with. But like maybe it was actually Richard Brody. Um, I put my hands up as what? to be like, I'm just going to put, gonna he's a really there. strong chronicler of like middle class life in a way, Correct. like especially with this film. And I think husbands like middle upper class life face faces is a little trickier, but like, I don't, I just, I, you know, there's this great quote of his. that's like, people do what they, people, people don't, most people don't know what they want. I don't know what I want. And we're just flailing about an existence all the time. And I, I don't think that he, ever probably spent a lot of time being like oh is there an echo of this is there an echo of Seymour's personality in this child I think he just was smart and had the ability to be like this is an interesting pairing I think he probably walked into a scene was like what if I have a really irritating mom and kind of pissy kid Mm -hmm. in a scene with this guy who's kind of been established as a little bit volatile yeah 
so it's like I, I, I and I think that part of the the thing is that like maybe there wouldn't be such a comp maybe the relationship to these films wouldn't be so like oh I got uh, they're so if we weren't all like trying really hard to over intellectualize and make John Cassavetes about something that he's not. Does that make sense? Uh, to some degree. I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into this scene. Uh, I don't mean to suggest that at all. Right. I think it's a valuable assessment to make, but I, I wonder, I guess I'm curious about the difference between intent and interpretation. Right. No, totally. I think that's fair. But so you didn't get the echoes in the scene though, that like prefigure the eventual coming of Perestroika. In the late eighties, like no, I, I, I like George, I'm not an idiot. Like I'm not a <laughs> common man. I felt like it was so prophetic. I was like, I was, oh my god! Like, no, I it's think all there, Gorbachev, to, to come back to your wall. point, it's not that I think you're necessarily overthinking it. I think culturally, people have have really overthought these films. I don't mean to suggest that like he's not a dynamic filmmaker with mm. with ideas, but I think that like the ideas come secondary to the emotion and the character, and the story comes lower than all those things, which makes it frustrating a little bit to watch his movie sometimes but i think he's just about like collision not really even storytelling that i agree with but i think also in the, in the fact of how any sort of film obviously has to be made uh, in terms of like reflection through mm. like the editing process it's good. yeah so, so like they're ha- they're you know they're like i think i think you're totally right in the sense like he's definitely like i'm sure there's tons of obviously unused material Thankfully, they will never, we will never, never find I'd watch the light of day. All of it, <laughs> the light of day, which is funny too, because I was at some point. It's not too long of a film; it's two hours. It's actually shorter than um, Husbands. It is by like uh, uh, it's shorter it than Husbands like by about lot fifteen minutes, yeah. and it's shorter than Faces by forty-five years of my fucking life. But also, there are moments when I'm like, did we really need like that scene? Did we really like, for example, obviously we won't talk about it, but. The scenes with Cassavetes himself, uh, the one scene in particular where he goes, kind of goes back home, and we get a very, very brief view. I love that scene. I love that why? scene. I love that scene. Can we let's get get there? So then we cut to. <laughs> You're like, why do you love that? So uh, it turns out that there's snakes on the plane, but thankfully Seymour uh, diffuses the situation. The plane safely lands. Quickly cut to Jenna Rollins watching, watching Casablanca. Casablanca, and I think this is like really interesting because again, she's kind of watching the romantic Bogart. Juxtaposed with her kind of like the masculine, like controlling Bogart, the Sam Spade bird yeah. versus the Rick, um, Rick, um, Rick, whoever the sort of romantic Rick. Casablanca. Yeah. But it's also in the end of Casablanca the end when of they Casablanca. sort of say like it's not going to work out between yeah. us. And she's hanging out with her friend Florence, and Florence is fucking amazing because then they go back to Florence's place after the film. They get smashed. <laughs> they, they get, get smashed. smashed. It's amazing. But also. <laughs> But it's great because Florence says something like, "Oh, just go to your f- go to the fridge and get something to eat if you're hungry." She opens the fridge and she's like, "There's there's nothing here. There's nothing in your ice yeah. box." <laughs> and she's like, "And she's like, do you have any eggs?" And she's like, "I don't have any eggs." She's, she's like, like, "I have, have wine. We have, yeah, I have we have wine. wine." And she's like, "Do you have something like I can eat? I have wine. Mm. I can have some wine." It's like, "How about some wine, Florence?" <laughs> it's, such a, like, it's such a okay, good scene. And then wine. they so they get shit faced. The conversation they have is amazing. Amazing! It's yeah. such a good movie. So the conversation. Do you want to talk about the conversation I, they have? Uh, about kind I, of I, I want to talk about the movie. The conversation. Oh, do you want to talk? Have you seen that? I've not, dude. Berlucci. All right. No, that's could the. Conf- sorry, I got right. Oh, the that's the conformist. The conversation sorry, is I, a Francis Ford, Ford Coppola, Coppola movie. So Florence and Minnie get wasted. Yes, and they have on this, some red wine, some shitty red wine, and they have this really interesting conversation about the movies and about masculinity. Tell me, tell me more about so that. So Minnie is complaining about, uh, like, about I guess the dating scene, but she also has this really kind of like it begins with her asking Florence something, which is kind of kind of a brutal thing to ask somebody. 
about kind of like, oh, do you still desire people? Do you still want to get boned? Yeah, do you still want to get boned? Do I say boned too much? No, you, c- you can never say boned too much, especially okay. on the podcast. Because I, e I was listening to the... On a GA the podcast. So they get wasted. And, and she asks her, yeah. Do you feel desire anymore, Florence? Which is a fucked up thing. Which is fucked up. Yeah, like, Florence, you're so fucking old. Do you feel desire? Now, we don't know do this at this point, but Florence is the secretary at LACMA, where Gina Rowlands, Jenna Rowlands works. They don't, do they call it LACMA? Oh, they, they call do. it Los yeah. Angeles County Museum, do, yeah, which yeah, is LACMA, and yeah. it looks like LACMA. Um, and then if it looks like a LACMA, <laughs> it sounds like a LACMA. It's definitely. It's LACMA. So then they have this really interesting conversation about the movies. Well, I mean, with Jenna Rowlands, character Minnie says is basically kind of like oh it's like it's not like how it is in the movies the movies feed you lies it's all kind of romance is this John Cassavetti's first like treatise that we've gotten like he's not a guy that generally like espouses a point of view you know, in so many words like when you think about in shadows there's never a scene where it's like you're a racist Tony yeah and there's never a scene in too late blows where it's like your masculinity got in the way Bobby Darren <laughs> but in this film it's the first time you have like a Movies are garbage and they're lying to you, kind of thing. This might be, yeah. I guess. I guess. I mean, again, I don't quite remember, but this might be the closest we get to kind of a manifesto within the film itself. Yes, exactly. It's a great speech. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, then they have this kind of interesting like back and forth. And Florence also says some interesting things. I first she said something like, "I I need him now more than ever" or something. Like it's a very kind of frank conversation, also about sex. Yeah. Um. And also, I, you is know, Florence I, single? Oh, th- I, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just you know, spitballing here. Just I mean, trying to the, record a podcast show, so improvised podcast we're, show with you. We're just recording one episode at a time. What? <laughs> um, so then she gets very drunk. And I'd like to pause here and say, like, I... Um, she says, you know, I so think movies couple are things. conspiracy. Is this the first time that we um, have a scene in a John Cassavetes movie between two women? That is not... So the only other scene I could think of between two women in a fucking John Cassavetes movie is the scene between Marilyn Clark and... Um, what's her name in Child is Waiting? When she's like, this is Burt Lancaster's oh. office. That's the only other scene that's just between two women that I can think of. Oh, I thought you, meant you were also going to talk about the scene with Jenna Rowlands as the mom in that movie and... Uh, Judy right. Garland. Judy Garland, yeah. yeah. So th- those scenes. But those scenes are all built around like plot device or like moving the story along this one kind of stops and I, lets us spend time with like t- two women i didn't write it down but i was like oh my god this scene passes like the bechdel test although maybe not entirely too because they are I mean, in this kind of some sort of abstract way talking about their love lives and they're obviously super straight but there are but also kind of the, like interesting the, kind of conversations the, about movies and about love right in and the context that it takes place in is really interesting because it's like two women who've gone to a movie together and get drunk and part of the reason that i think that the, t- the toxic shitty masculinity shines through in this film so clearly is because we have like a contrast to it which we don't have in husbands we do a little bit with the women but they have the women and husbands but they don't have the same degree of agency correct and they don't have the same sort of like well the women and husbands aren't really characters exactly yeah i mean they're they're kind they're, of well that one like, woman but, uh, i forget what her name we have no right. sense of like what i mean i don't even think we can say motivation or goals because i don't think that's a john cassavetti's thing i think that's like a trope of a much more traditional filmmaking method but like we don't have an insight. We don't like haven't spent time in like the mind and and a feeling of a character the way that we do in this film. With yeah. we don't have a scene. This is the first scene in a film where general like we have a character that's like I'm going to talk about what I think, and it's really refreshing. But then it makes the fucking terribleness of the men. Oh, then, like, yeah, and of the next scene in particular. Face. Yeah. So then she leaves. She gets in a cab. She's uh, obviously wasted. Um, she goes back home, 
and then Billy's there, and who I initially I thought was kind of her husband, as as played by. Well, I mean, it in is a, played by in her a husband. Unbilled role, John Cassavetes. Uh, yeah, and it's, I thought initially they were they were married, but it turns out they're not married. And he, of course, because this is a John Cassavetes movie, and we're only twenty seven minutes in, there has to be some violence against a woman. He smacks her, and he basically says, kind of like, "Oh, don't lie to me about what you were doing, or about wh- when you're kind of drunk." Yeah. Um, but and then she kind of fights back. She kicks the shit out of him. She does, yeah. And it's great because, you know, I don't know if this is something that would have happened in a John Cassavetes movie prior to this. Like he really. This is a great performance from Jenna Rollins because it is a better character than any woman in a John Cassavetes movie up to this point because like she doesn't she's not a victim in the same sense she's it's just a it's just a much more like the fact that she fights back is like a big like rousing kind of like it yes. is but she's also still and she says it repeatedly that she's still in love with him up until like the very very end she still kind of has feelings for him so then they have this kind of obviously like. You know, totally awful back and forth. Yeah, so she starts hitting him back. He then like falls on his knees. He starts laughing, and he basically says like, "Oh my god, I love you so much. I love you so much." Yeah, his laugh is amazing. He's yeah. amazing. He's so good in this. He's so good. He's so good. Such a villain. good actor. Yeah. 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 And then they spend the night together. Let's spend the night together. Da, 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 and you were worried about us getting sued with the Ghostbusters thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> So um, they spend that the was a m- original composition. They George sp- wrote it. <laughs> they spend <laughs> sings it to me all the time. <laughs> they spend the, they they spend the night together. Uh, and then it cuts to Cassav- and this is apparently your favorite scene in the film. You see Billy again, as played by John Cassavetes. His name is Billy. Yeah, go mm-hmm. back home, and he's married. He is married, and. Uh, he shows up in the morning. His wife's been like sitting there one smoking. Amazing single take smoking. scene. They're, and the, one of the reasons I love this scene oh, is a single take. That's a good point. They're sitting at the table. Not. He comes. He sits down. They have a conversation. She walks the out. Walk the kids in. come in, and the the he's talking to the kids, and one of them says, "Like mom's on the kitchen room, the kitchen, or sorry, the bathroom, the bathroom floor. floor crying." But it's a single take, and it's a really controlled take, and yeah. they don't have anything else like it. And when, whenever the film th- like making these films like kind of comes through, I'm like. Damn. So and you like the artistry of, of the scene. Yeah, and I also think it's just a very John Cassavetes move to be like, let's spend some time with... Because his movies are all, at least from my point of view, they're very experiential and like, he's not... Like, it'd be... It'd like So pull this scene out of the film. Pull the scene out of the film. So the next time we see him is with his son. At and the he, museum. At the museum. When it, later in the film, f- very soon after this, he comes to the museum and he's like, I want to be a man and break up with you in front of my son. And, um, and this is because my wife because my wife tried to kill herself, yeah. and it just wouldn't hit in the same way. No, you're right. Like we didn't have the totally. context of the people and the family, and like again, unpredictable. It's a very unpredictable movie. It, it the rhythms of it. It's probably the clearest sort of, or me to me the, the the. I don't know if it's the clearest, but it's it's the. There's a moment in the film when I, th- or I, I uh, sorry, I, I think that this film is like probably the easiest to digest of like the yes. Cassavetti yes. style. Yeah. Which is funny because... And it's so refined in this film. Every it, w- w- One of the things I was uh, thinking about when I was watching this, like, wow, this film this film feels very contemporary. Not obviously modern because all film is modern, but it felt like very contemporary. Like it didn't feel... It feels, it feels very... I agree. Yeah, in a certain way that some of the other films do not. So then she, she goes back to work. Um, Minnie does. And she works at the Los Angeles County Museum. LACMA. LACMA. With the tar pits. I'll feature prominently in Last Action Hero, oh. a film we'll cover when we get to John McTiernan. Of, of course. Who will, uh, hey, it's, Claudius. It's you killed my father. 
Claude. Oh, yeah, Big Claude. mistake. <laughs> when are we going to see Arnold do Hamlet? I think he's what's at the, the line in the he's trailer? Is that the, the age you could be to be or not to be to not be? There's a line <laughs> not to be. So there's a line in the trailer where he goes, "There's something rotten in the state of Denmark, and Hamlet is taking out the trash." <laughs> hey, Claudius, <laughs> not to be. <laughs> How do we get sidetracked? That doesn't. That's not a sidetrack. Can I um just before we go a little further? Please. Can I um read a note to you that i wrote down here to get your thoughts on yeah and i'd like to get the thoughts of our listeners as well um all three of them is four my mom my mom listened to the first episode she was like i didn't i don't know who john i don't want you hanging out with this george boy he seems he seems nice (laughs) um who's this cast of movies you keep talking (laughs) about is um is the reason that um is is it the performance that makes mini great or is it the script like what is I mean, and I think it's both. Like when when reading that loud, but like there's something about this character that is just amazing. Well, it's so funny when you were talking about that. We were talking about the scene right before where she beats the shit out of him after he hits her. Right I, scene. I was like, I was like, I wonder if that's her. She's like, no, we need to kind of put something in that scene where she's not taking kind of his shit. I would love to watch. A, I, I there might be one I'm making of because there's a making of husbands that I want to watch, but. There's a making of uh, where I'd like to see Jenna Rollins and John Cassavetes working together because I could see her being like, John, shut the fuck up. Shut yeah, up, totally. Shut up. Yeah. I wonder what that working relationship was like because that's something that tells me. And obviously this is kind of true, right? From the very little that I, I know of him as a filmmaker, like on the set, that he was very receptive to just kind of having the yeah. scene like develop. That's, and, that's yeah. Spielberg's story I told yeah. you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so she goes back to work. She goes back to work and Florence is like, you're going to go on this lunch date because you're a lonely person. Like, I'm a lonely person with this guy, Selmo. Selmo. Who is what's his last name? Incredible. I don't know. Selmo the Incredible, I believe. Um, I mean, incredible, like in the worst what, possible ways. He's, so she goes on a lunch date with this guy. He is horrible. And what follows is one of the best scenes. I wrote, God, this is so cringeworthy. Of any film I've ever seen. So they go. And I say that not that lightly because so it's also a very troubling scene. Sorry. So they go to a diner. Yes. Or a restaurant, whatever. Uh, who's parking the cars? Dun, dun, dun. Seymour. Seymour. And suddenly Seymour. I'm singing too has much there, in this episode. Has there been a uh, podcast, an episode that you have not? <laughs> I don't think I sang in the first one. <laughs> so he's par- he parks their car. They go inside for lunch. I forgot to bring something up. <laughs> Please do. Go ahead. Okay. Before we go any further. Ooh, rewind. Um, John Cassavetes. Not a good looking man. Oh. But. But in any traditional sense, and I was thinking about this during the scene, but he's sexy. Like he does it for me. Yeah. The, well, yeah. No, totally. There's really something like sort of like well, they're, they're handsome and he's not good. Well, because it's, it's that kind of like alpha male bullshit that kind of Is works. that what it is? I of also course. think. Okay. I also think, I don't know. There's something just like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's like the sh- strutting, you know, like the, the powerful kind of like. But he's a kind of a schlubby dude. Well, yeah, I mean, but he like, wears a suit like a motherfucker. Yeah, like in the in the in the dad body kind of sort of way. Like he's got a dad body. How dare you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I just I I find him very attractive. He does it for me. There's something about him that's very like. Mm. Well, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Just a side note on the fact that I might have sexual feelings <laughs> for John Cassavetes. It's fine. It's, it's all good. Moving on. So they're having. Here's this the thing. You. Yes. You date John Cassavetes. You marry Jenna Rollins. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Later, so when we do three directors, we'll do uh, F. Mary Kill. 
like John Cassavetes. <laughs> F John Cassavetes. Who's, well, we don't know who the next person, but like, like <laughs> John Cassavetes. Well, the next person is one of the people we're thinking. I'm not doing anything <laughs> with any uh, of those people. To be continued. Selmo is. Selmo and Minnie go to lunch. Cars parked by Seymour Cassell. Selmo is angry. So apparently a friend of... of uh, Florence's. They actually, I'm sorry, they actually briefly meet. We see them briefly meet in the museum before they go to lunch. And he's very charming in the museum. Very charming? Uh, yeah, I guess so. He says something very says charming something very and it kind like of like, oh, you're beautiful. And, it's, and, and you're so invested in her at that <laughs> he moment. Says, he says something along the lines of, like, I'm five foot six. Let's go to lunch. Literally, that is like an Yeah, exact but it's quote. sort of disarming because you're on this journey with, and this movie, you're just kind of like going along for the ride and like you feel for Minnie. And so it's kind of nice that suddenly she's just like, oh, this means like it could be an okay lunch date. Maybe I'm not, I'm probably naive. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Isn't it? So maybe it's Selma that says, like, my interest is Shakespeare, so Shelley, Swinburne, poetry, opera. He does say that. He ah, does say so that. that wasn't Morgan. It's interesting to note that we're about four minutes into this film four and minutes. 46 minutes into recording. Jeez. So <laughs> Wrap it up, boys. They have this lunch. He says a whole bunch of awkward things. Um, he also says that his wife has passed away and that he's feeling lonely. He also says that he's got hair on his chest and on his back, but his little... Can't say, but his legs are smooth. Yeah, that's but right. Basically, it's an awful. He goes lunch. on a long, terrible tirade. She's wearing her amazing shades during this, and we should also talk about her shades we too. We should talk about her shades. They l- they left me they left me flummoxed. Because, well, I I just kind of viewed it as this uh this way to express the fact that she doesn't want to communicate with people or just kind mm, of like yeah, see yeah, them, yeah like sure, literally sure, see sure, them sure. eye. But it but it upset me because I like Minnie so much. Yeah, and her go- well yeah you, you just didn't want to see her unhappy. I yeah I love Minnie. She's my favorite John Cassavetes character. She b- she then basically says to him after again like a cringeworthy ten to fifteen minutes like this isn't gonna work out. I like you, Salmo. Like she says something like I like you as a person, but I don't feel anything for you. By the way, um, it's about a real fifteen minutes. It's a long chunk it's of this a movie. Long, yeah, it's probably a twenty minute scene. And he maybe? again he again vacillates between being somewhat sympathetic and being a tyrant. She gets up to walk away. He starts yelling at her. She does walk out into the parking lot, and he basically kind of like manhandles her, um, and then gets into a fist fight with Seymour, who comes to her defense, who brings, who parks, who brings the car over, kind of sees something that's going on. Selma gets in the car, drives off without Minnie, and then comes back, and a fist fight results. And then fist fight results, and that's when yeah, then uh, Seymour kind of beats the shit out of him. Yes, and then they drive away, and then he he drives away with Minnie. And then when you just think like, oh, okay, she's in the hands of this decent guy, they're driving away, and then he starts kind of yelling at her and berating her. Um, before we jump onto there, there's one line. There's one line that I wrote down that I thought was really interesting. Zelma has a line where he says, "You're very easy to talk to." She hasn't spoken at all. Well, he mentioned he, he says something scene. right, like, "Oh, you're you're like such a good listener." She's such a good listener. Yeah. But she hasn't spoke. Like it's it's just. I mean, it's like it's a pretty. It feels like a almost absurdly on the nose commentary about now yes As a, i mean of course about then too but it just feels this film the, the, the men in this film are just and this is like well i mean obviously as we said like yeah seymour's already kind of um shown to be a dick especially yeah. in those earlier bar scenes and, but it, but it, but i think his full dickishness is established oh. here when he loses yeah. his mind on minnie because he tries to take her to lunch and it turns out he look fucking turns into like training day he's like leaves. he's like you're in the car with me <laughs> you're going to have to yeah, fucking go wherever man- i want to do she gets manhandled a lot by this guy she in this does. movie she does i also at some point not to like not to bring in too many different illusions to use a fancy literary word oh illusion oh but this <laughs> is like, like this guy spends like so much time around cars i literally thought at some point he was like you know be really hot if we got into a car 
have a fucking car accident and then just fucked on the side of the road. It was like, this is going to turn into crash. Whoa. There's cars everywhere, right? A lot of cars. Yeah. And I just, I was like, that's interesting. Well, also because the, the, the dynamic of it is later on when they're kind of making out and fooling around the car and the dynamics between them being kind of cloistered mm-hmm. within the car and then kind of him running out. I haven't thought about out. that at all. There's a really interesting kind of, I don't know, a lot of shit happens in cars. A lot in of cars. Sh- well, it's also the one. Of, is this the first L.A. film? No, Too Late Blues is L.A. And uh, Faces has that kind Faces of. Faces is L.A. Right, There's LA. Yeah, less cars. Uh, but, yeah. But um, I wrote down this line. You don't know beans from Boston, <laughs> which Seymour says to her when he's berating her in the car. I also wrote down the men in this movie are awful. <laughs> There's a lot of yelling at women. He just won't, he just does not stop yelling at her. For no. So then he she asks to be dropped off at, at the museum. And then there's also that scene where she gets out of the car and then he drives like after her and he almost like runs her over. Like yeah, he jumps on the sidewalk. Yeah. So they're in the car. They're they're fighting. Uh, it seems like it's like meet cute. And he, and but and then and it, and everything just falls apart. Well, yeah, because he also threatens her. So at some right. point, he basically says something like, "Oh, if you keep acting this way, I'm gonna like punch you out." I'm or gonna something. knock you out. Yeah, it's awful. So she gets dropped off at work. Um, I wrote down here who are John Cassavetti's sympathies with, which is kind of a question. Like, are we supposed to feel for Seymour? I think we are ultimately, but it's hard to. Well, that's what I was. Yeah, that's why I was like really curious how you because. <laughs> At some point later, when he's when she goes to the diner and he comes to meet her and she's and he's eating the ice cream, she's like, "Oh, I ordered just some ice cream." I literally wrote down, "Like God, I hope she poisoned it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so they go back and there's a scene here where I didn't do as good of a job of taking scene notes, probably, mm. but um, uh, she, she, he goes, he goes to find her, and then she keeps apolog like he comes to her house, right, and she keeps apologizing to him. Well, She's he like, oh, I'm asks so sorry. her, yeah, he says, like, are you going to apologize to me? And it's like, like, what the fuck are you talking it's cr- about? It's, yeah, like, what, well, what? And this is also skipping very, uh, but also, so after he drops her off, he picks up this redhead, this random woman. Right, right. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm calling her the redhead, but I don't think she has a name. I couldn't find one. I, looked, had, I tried to find and, it. And they have, like, this five-minute scene where clearly he has just dropped off. He, this is after he's failed, I guess, to try to pick up Minnie. So he goes, I think she's supposed to be a, is it, is it implied that she's a prostitute? Oh, I didn't get that impression to be well, honest. I with think because then you see her drop him, drop her off. The next it could thing. be a movie can movie conditioning thing where like the door opens and this woman walks in, and we're all used to being like, "Oh, that's a prostitute," because like that's how movies yeah. often deal yeah, with shit I mean, like again, that. Yeah, but again, did you see his mustache? Are you going to tell me that mustache would not just pull any woman? That that's a wants that's a good point. George is actually growing a what I like to call a Moskowitz. <laughs> it's going to take three months. How good of a cocktail? A I'll have a Moskowitz. I'll have a Moskowitz. I'm going to have a Moskowitz. There's no Moskowitz left in my. Moscowitz glass. It's just bitter. It's just battery acid. We have lost the thread. So then, so this woman comes over. She tells him he's like sweet and nice. And yeah, like and he's actually kind of calm in this scene. He doesn't. He just like remember, doesn't berate her. Yeah, make out a little bit. But we don't know who this person is. We don't. And then quickly cuts like next day. And she's like, "Sorry, I have to go so early." He drops her off somewhere. We I think don't to really get her know. car. Um, she also has some diver- some very interesting things to say about her roommate. She was like, "I love eggs, but my roommate hated eggs." Yeah, it's weird. And then <laughs> and then and then it's the next scene. He goes to Minnie's house and he starts banging on her door. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm coming, I'm coming, yeah. I'm coming." And the door opens. They have this kind of and then yes, he basically says, "Oh, so you're gonna apologize to me?" And then she goes downstairs and has a moment where she's like thinking. Yeah, and okay, th- that's when like she comes back. Well, it's funny because it's point where she looks. It's it. It almost seems like she's looking at the phone. I'm like, call the cops. Yeah, <laughs> please. He is bad news. So he shows up at her house. They have a fight. 
She apologizes to him. She tells him men smile too much. Yes. Yeah. Which is a great little line. She, yeah, I forgot. She, yeah. I thought she said something else in the scene that's kind of interesting or that kind of disarms him. But then they kind of agree to grow, go on this date. They go on a date. They go on this date. Uh, and this is also great. So this is um, the first part of the scene, right? Is they're kind of, are they parked somewhere and they're like making out in the car? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, oh, yes. And the, the blue Daniel Waltz plays. And this is kind of like Cassavetes' like, like 2001. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, it yeah. also kind of shows da, the skies and the stars. And they're making out in this truck. Right. Uh, which, again, reminded me of, tra- of uh, Trash. Of Crash. Crash. Very unpredictable because we go from, like, why does she agree to go on a date with him? Who the fuck knows? I mean, it's part, part, you know, part of, the, like, the comedy of it all, right? I mean, like, the It's a screwball it. comedy. Yeah. This movie is a screwball comedy with, like, no blunt edges. So then they... Seymour's like, let's go dancing. So they go to um, someplace. Right. Uh, they never go inside. So they're basically they're parked outside and she doesn't want to go in. And interestingly this enough, this is a great scene. Like, oh, I don't want to go in because I don't want to be, I don't, don't want to look like a fool. And he's kind of like, why don't you want to look like a fool? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and ob- uh, and their, di- their dichotomy is really kind of interesting because obviously he's kind of like the free spirit and she's kind of very reserved and kind of keeps herself. And it's kind of worried again about like making. But a then of she herself. sort of seems to feel comfortable with him because I feel like she like releases some of that energy right. in front of him. Totally. So then they start kind of walking in, and right before that, he does this kind of weird handstand thing where he walks on his. Yeah. On well, his, again, bringing arms. me back to the fact that Seymour Cassell's other career should have been a fucking stuntman because yeah. that dude's an acrobat. Maybe he was of the heart. Of the heart, of course. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Much um, like Jenna Rollins. Oh, God. Jenna so Rollins. They're walking in and they run into some of her friends or some of Co-workers, her Co-workers. Co-workers. People her she may work with. Yeah. And she doesn't introduce him. And it's a pretty humiliating moment. It is. And they walk in. The two of them are still outside. And he's kind of like... A little, bit of, little bit offended. He's kind of butthurt. Yeah. And then the one guy... Where did butthurt come from as an expression? You've never had your butthurt? Well, just universal. Is it? Yeah. But, okay. It's actually, the f- I think, the first usage is in Chaucer. Oh, right. Yeah. It's actually in Swinburg. <laughs> Burr? Swinburg. <laughs> Butter. Why not and lo, I was, I was butthort. I was, I was, why did I say it like that? I was br- breaking out my middle English. Tomorrow and, and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this butthurt from day to day. But for those of you who are interested in hearing me speak... Middle yeah, Eng- go, for middle it, English, go for it. Just, uh, Can you speak no, any I'm middle just, English? I'm just going to uh, listen to my middle English podcast. I think you mean Middle Earth. George has a Tolkien <laughs> appreciation podcast. It'd be fucking amazing. I just speak in Elvish. 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 Elvish or Elvin? Elvish. Elvish. Elvin. Elvish. I don't I'm fucking know. I'm working those my those movies are dumb. My, I'm working yeah. on my Orcish. Those movies are dumb. So he's hurt. They're not dumb. They're great. They're he's okay. Sh- he's hurt that she wasn't in, uh, that he wasn't introduced. Uh, one of the guys comes back out and is like, oh, are you going to come in, Minnie? And that's when Seymour uh, leaves. So basically, it's just Minnie and this guy, this colleague, this coworker, whoever the hell she is, he is. And she says to him, okay, well, my ride's kind of gone. Uh, can you give me a ride home? He gives her a ride home. And obviously, of course, Seymour's there waiting for them or waiting for her. And he confronts them. Yeah, he confronts them. There's a fight. And this right. is, is kind of like, again, I guess where Seymour becomes very, very sympathetic because this guy beats the shit out of him. Beats the shit out of him, and she gets. I, forget, I kind of mixed. She gets it. hit. She gets she hit. She gets hit by him. By and if she faints, or by oh, Seymour. I think she gets hit by Seymour. By That's Seymour what I'm accident. led to believe by the dialogue that follows. So she gets hit accidentally. This guy's like, "Oh, I'm sorry," but he kind of like and he just pieces leaves. out. Yeah, he pieces out. He walks away. He was butt hurt. He was. <laughs> well, I thought it was Seymour. That Did was I use hurt. that correctly in the sentence? <laughs> he was more ass hurt. <laughs> 
So then they because he's an ass. Uh, he certainly is very kind of a Don Draper kind of guy, like suit tie. Fred Draper. Oh yeah, very 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 good. <laughs> so then they walk, they go back inside, and this is kind of I guess when they um, fall in love. This is when they fall in love. Right. Again, like almost like magically. I believe when we fall in love this time, it'll be forever. You need to edit a lot of this podcast. Okay, <laughs> so, then, so then they're inside. Um, she he kind of comforts her. He, they both fall asleep. She wakes up, goes to the diner. Right? Is this uh, when she goes the or it's like an ice cream shop. Yeah. She says she sits down and she doesn't order anything, and then she interrupts the waitress and is like, "Excuse me." Um, can I have a like a an ice water or something? And then she's like, "Oh, and when I tell you, I want ice cream to arrive ten minutes later." <laughs> right. And it's like again interesting because like these characters in this movie are so unpredictable. You they do shit you wouldn't expect them to do. Totally. Yeah. Although I I wonder if this if the diner scene is actually from before. The <laughs> I think the diner scene actually might be before they go dancing. But anyway, different edits, right? Because she's wearing like that all black. We fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, so what happens is they go they go to his place, they sleep together. They have the scene that's ridiculous in bed. Well, would, is that the scene also where he's carrying her up the stairs, which is kind of like really yes, funny? Yes, he carries her up the stairs. And she's like asking like ridiculous things. Like, would you like some eggs? He's like, oh, I'm kind of okay. So our journey through this movie mirrors this movie because <laughs> it's it's quite random. I mean, it's there's a structure to it, but it's quite random in how it delivers it, it, the way that the story works out, yeah. stuff like that. But yes... But in the, the ice cream shop, in the scene also, well, let's, I mean, I guess whatever, like we're done with that, right? But yeah, uh, yes, I was hoping she'd poison him, but she didn't poison him. Interesting. Okay. So fast forward again, after the fight, uh, they're again, this is kind of like where they fall in love, but he has this great line where he says, I think about you so much. I can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> they're in her bedroom, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and this is where they, he basically proposes to her and she kind of says yes. And then they call their moms. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. They call their moms. Yeah. Um, I took a note and uh, in general that I wrote that like this movie to me defies conventions more radically than Shadows did. Hmm. Because it really just like, I mean, maybe it, viewing this movie through like the lens of now, it's like so unpredictable and so crazy. And like there's no comparison. It's hard. And we, d- we haven't done justice at his insanity. <laughs> to Seymour, yeah. Seymour Moskowitz. And again, just the way... The way in which he yells at her, just about the most random shit. He's the angry. Way he just yells he's really at angry. People. He's really violent. And like, not to write off that stuff because it's definitely real. And like I said, the edges of it aren't blunt. He's a very sharp, mean guy. That's what reminds me of training. But day. it's all kind of coming from this, like, ge- what what seems to me to be like a genuine kind loneliness, of, a genuine kind of, and also an actual. Ma- does he love her? I think he does. I don't know if he knows what that means. Yeah. So then there's this great so they call it they call each other's moms and it's kind of funny over the phone but then the the, the uh, probably the, the funniest scene is when they go uh, when the, everybody meets right the moms kind of fly in or oh. come in they meet and they have this really awkward dinner and I don't think we're doing justice to the way this film cuts because they're like calling like yeah. the film a lot of stuff just happens in media res like it cuts they're on the phone with the parents and they're talking and all of a sudden boom it cuts into at a restaurant and I believe uh, Lady Rowlands comes in first. Yeah, Lady Rowlands. Lady Rowlands. Her name is Lady Rowlands. <laughs> they they uh, put down the red carpet. The lady. The uh, people. The uh, the guards come in. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. I present Ex- to you, <laughs> the Lady Rowlands. <laughs> Hello, I'm butthurt. <laughs> I'm butthurt that you decided to get married. Dude, they, they call it arse hurt. There, come on. 
That's correct. That's correct. I got, got confused. And then there's this fucking hilarious scene. But Sheba Sheba Moskowitz. Yeah. Interesting. Steals the show. Interesting moment that I want to note um, about the scene where um, they're on the phone with Lady Rollins, with Jenna Rollins' mother, with Minnie Minnie Moore's mother. Yeah. Um, he's like, "Hi, I'm Seymour Moskowitz," and he goes, "Yeah, Jewish." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just it's it stands out. I well, don't because know I think. Like r- that's what he says, and then he says to her, "Like, oh, my, your mom wants you again, right?" Mm-hmm. Like, like clearly, she's not happy <laughs> with with it. It that, seems and like I don't know if you caught it, but the way the priest marrying them says Moskowitz. Oh, I didn't. He catch goes like, that. "Do you take Seymour Moskowitz?" Like, it really, it's I, a really. I, ca- I caught the, the where he like looks for her name or something. Yeah, well, like, he does. Yeah, well, that's weird. It, I was like, really what the fuck great. Is going on? Yeah. But he really says Moskowitz. In this ha- it's like yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, yeah, and I guess, but that's also, I guess, is kind of like the interesting thing about how it goes back to what you were saying earlier about like the anti-Semitism in the film, or at least from the character's kind of point of view, um, isn't something that he like hits you over the head with. Like he, it's like yes, it's there, it's obvious, but it's not like didactic and like in super like yes, like like hold on, everybody, these characters are very anti. Well, he's not really interested in explaining to you, and I th- and just like with you. the racism in uh, shadows, it's obviously there, right? But it's not didactic. But there's the interesting. Th- I've been thinking about this a lot. Like there's this quality in this. So I think we we yeah we failed in being clear. Like this is a very funny movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very manic movie. It's characters, they add up to being people, but they don't necessarily aren't motivated by, they they seem to be motivated by like this need for one another and this love for one another, but nothing about the film is like strikingly conventional to me. Um, And I also think that like, there's an, how do I put this in a way that doesn't sound like I'm necessarily celebrating this, but there's a, there's a kind of, quality to this movie that there's a lot of things going on that are socially culturally reprehensible mm-hmm. in the sense that we're our main character might be racist the characters around that main character might be anti-semitic they say shit that's uncomfortable they behave in ways that's troubling we don't know how we're meant to feel about them but it none of it is telegraphed yeah and i feel yeah. like it would be hard to get away with that now because I think we would want, t- I feel like it. there isn't that level of ambiguity to characterization now in the same way that like, I just feel like, you know, it, we, a lot of the time in these movies where we're meant to understand who the good guy is, who the bad guy is, and like whose politics are good and whose politics are bad. Right. And those are good things in the sense that like you want art that feels open and that doesn't, you know, I'm not going to go fucking watch Dinesh D'Souza movies, but I think I wonder if I, you got to wonder if like John Cassavetes were making movies now and someone were to ask him to explain like, well, what are we supposed to feel about Seymour Moskowitz? You'd be like, fuck you. That's what you're supposed to feel. And I think that like, it wouldn't really be an acceptable. I think he would have a lot of trouble in today's media landscape well, yeah, being that kind of art. It's just an interesting thing to think yeah, about. Yeah, but I mean, and I, I thought about that a lot too. But I mean, I think also to some degree, all good artists kind of do that. You know, like it's. I think it's often times where the best art has that kind of like ambiguity to it, or it's not like heavily didactic or heavy-handed. Do you feel like there's a filmmaker Speaking working of, today that? 
you Go think on. of when you think of John Cassavetes or Zach, uh, not even, Zach not even Snyder a lot? <laughs> I see a lot of Michael Bay. Um, hey, I, I didn't go that well this time. You did. Fuck that. that. Fuck that well. What the fuck was I going to say? Sorry. No, but really, do you feel like there's anyone that like works in that vein? In this kind of particular vein? Not I mean, even that it's the same kind of movie. Like, I'm not interested in Cassavetes knockoffs, Cassavetes knockoffs, but I'm interested in like thinking about... Is there anyone that raises this kind of ambiguity that's complicated in this way that I don't know? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, that like we don't know what to think. I did. I did. One of the things that, for, that came to my mind actually was the lack of ambiguity in a lot of Spielberg's films. I don't know why that kind of like hit me, but because I watched The Post last weekend. Oh, maybe it was because we were talking about The Post, but in particular, just about how much I fucking hate the last five minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Earn this. <laughs> yeah. Like we get it, and the movie, and the movie. And it's very moving, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, and maybe that's obviously not. So like, do you like Saving Private Ryan? I think it's two of the greatest fil- uh, scenes ever. The beginning and the end. Yeah, right, and just a whole bunch of crap. There's some really powerful stuff in the yeah, movie, there that is. movie, though. Yeah. Like, and I actually I, think I, the Giovanni Ribisi scene. Um, that's when he's talking about his mom, is really it's very Spielberg, yeah. but it's powerful. No, yeah, and, and, the, and I would definitely recommend that film. And the, seen, the scene when movie. the Nazi plunges the knife into well, that's part of that Jeremy Davies' chest is uh, like not Jeremy Davies. Um, oh, oh yeah, that fucking great actor who's not in enough God. stuff. Adam, Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah. Holy shit, he makes movies. He was he was pretty good. In, have you ever seen that Julie Delpy movie? He's in, just kind of funny. No, <laughs> I've seen him on Mark Dude, Maron's I think it's show. Maron. In Paris. I just said the most Liam Billingham sentence ever. <laughs> I saw Adam Goldberg on Mark Maron. <laughs> um, you saw him on Mark Maron? Or he did was you he's, hear him. No, he's on the Mark Maron's show on IFC. Maron. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, so then they have this uh, uh, dinner. I'm so tense. They have this dinner, <laughs> and and. Uh, Seymour's mom fucking steals the show because she kind of like berates her own son. She's like, she's like, my son's not an Einstein. Like, why would a beautiful why girl? Why would a beautiful girl yeah, marry like, my son? Look at him. He's, he's a not Parker. a model. <laughs> he's a like, so what is it you want to do? Oh, what is shit. it you want to do, Moscow Seymour? Dude. Well, I'd like to work at a bigger company, yeah. Miss Moore. And but there's also a great line here where she, the ask the mom's asked, look, how long have you kids been together? And Seymour's like four days. And Jenna Rollins is four days. Jenna Rollins is like a double take. She's like four, four, four days. <laughs> For a second, you think maybe he's joking because of her reaction to and that. Laughed my ass off. It's but it's great. true. It is four days. Um, we totally also forgot about the um, the stashing. Is that what you call it when you kill a mustache? He cuts his mustache off. Cuts, yeah, um, and this, the look on her face is priceless. I wrote down reaction to mustache is amazing. It is. Gina Rollins is a genius. I wrote down. I didn't actually wrote it down, but I thought about it. I thought about the the VH one with Lenny Kravitz. What where the he talks fuck about are you talking can I, about? Can I fucking so sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> this is the last episode of Google. <laughs> There's a great uh, Lenny Kravitz behind the music where he talks about um, at the time he had like really, really long hair <laughs> and he was he was like, going through like a lot of bad shit in his life. So there's like this beautiful scene that he sets up where I forgot who it is that cuts his hair, but like he gets his hair cut and he feels like all this like negative energy coming out of his body. And I don't know why, but I've it reminded me. Yes, of course you have because yeah. you've lived my I've friend. <laughs> so he cuts his mustache off and, and then, it's just. And it's hilarious. So we've really butchered the synopsis yeah. of this movie, but that's fine. I don't really care that and much. And then. It cuts to them getting married. And it's funny, too, because I thought, like, they're not going to get married, but they do get married. So the last two scenes of this movie, I think, are masterful. Yeah. I think they're incredible. Um, So one thing I want to note about the mother scene. You know who's not in the mother scene? The dads. The dads. Yeah. I think that's a big deal. Doesn't I think it's important. Did they say anything about the 
the dads being dead or one of the dads being dead? Does Jenna Rollins... I don't remember. I don't mm. think so. It doesn't come up. But the absence of dads is interesting. And the absence, particularly of Seymour's dad, is interesting. Also, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about very much is that this film is 1971. Vietnam is going on. There's a lot, you know, oh, like a lot that's... Um, there's as much maybe left out of this movie as mm-hmm. there's left in. And I think that's interesting. And I think, and in the sense that like there's a John Cassavetes thought about like why Seymour Cassell's dad isn't there and what it means. So what do and you, and also that these, well, I think that also like, it's interesting that in one of the reviews I read, they compared Seymour Cassell's mom to Portnoy's mom. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, which I have tried to read that? Port around then. I've tried to read Portnoy's complaint three times. Um, oof, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm not but, a big um, Roth guy. Um, I thought I'd be, but I haven't gotten uh, uh, an inroad. But there is something. Well, there's something interesting about that. Like you know, to try describing the character that like pushy mm, Jewish mom mm-hmm. thing, and like he. I don't know if Seymour Cassell's Jewish, but I don't think John Cassavetti's mother is Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he casts this woman to play like a caricatured Jewish mom. And it's a little bit just like... Oh, like, you thought, like too much like a stereotype? Yeah, a little bit. But it's still she's still an amazing character. It's cringeworthy, she and it is. and it has to be. Well, and it's it, just amazing just how she... Bur- but, dominate, I, but, but it also maybe explains why he's such a fucking nightmare of a human but, being well, in about what, 45 but, seconds. But it's funny you should say that too, because at that point I was like, she is to some degree the audience's voice because it's kind of like what the fuck does this like yeah, beautiful accomplished woman see in this guy and it's interesting to kind of read that scene in relationship to what you said earlier about kind of the lack of decent men out there mm-hmm. of, like the lack of decent men that she finds mm-hmm. so then they get married uh again there's this kind of awkward wedding scene where uh, i missed it but the priest mispronounces the priest is like kind of like many more many more do you take seymour moskowitz but I th- but he also has to find her name he yeah and, then he's and like they start collect. laughing about yeah. it um that priest by the way is played by a rowland oh yeah it's like a family affair oh. and i wonder if I wonder if maybe that the laughs that happened there are, were not scripted. Uh, and just and he just it. fucked up because yeah. he's not an actor. And then it cuts to this scene that is an amazing it contrast is. to the scene from the beginning of Husbands. Yes, yes, very good. Yeah, and thank basically, you. Excellent, excellent. Well played. Well played, well played sir. Well well played. Very good. I'm not at. I'm not butt hurt. My butt doesn't hurt. Why am I Stuart Griffin? <laughs> so Kuhip. Cool whip. So it's it not that I want her to die; <laughs> it's that I want her not to be alive anymore. So, it, so it's basically kind of a family barbecue, and they have like fourteen kids. They have like we don't know whose kids, kids or, or who's. there's lots of kids there. Uh, we assume obviously some of them. But, it, but, them. He, but like, like Seymour seems like he's happy he's with his kids. He's and they're sort all like, like laughing out. He's kind of dressed like a tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like, but there's suddenly well, there's just money very in the car parking business. It's very ha- There's money in the banana stand. Ooh, <sighs> I didn't want to make arrest development right. reference. It's fine. It's fine. That it show. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it ends on this very kind of happy celebratory note. That's true. The end. The end. And I did not expect it to go there. Um, I guess that's part I of it. I really think that this might be my favorite John Cassavetes movie so far. I maybe you as well. love a child is waiting. I know my f- well Johnny Staccato, out of a uh, Johnny oh, Staccato, Johnny scale, Staccato five, 
Uh, five staccatos being the highest, obviously. How many staccatos is this? Four point uh, four point five. So wh- how many staccatos was husbands three? Oh, uh, maybe three point five. I forgot how many staccatos. I gave it. But Johnny Staccato obviously is a six. I know it goes beyond the scale. Six staccatos. I know that's kind of it's not fair. But that's I don't care. It's, those are my rules. Well, we really got off track here tonight. But it uh, it it mirrors did we the get film. Off or did it we mirrors get off? did what. <laughs> it merely mirrors the film it's a really chaotic crazy film it's hard to summarize um i love that i like how you described it as manic but very manic that's... and i think the thing is is that as we get into these i would say that um at the risk of sounding like i know anything and i don't think i do we're about to enter this like period of Cassavetti's films where like everything is acknowledged as a masterpiece like you've got woman under the influence which is like really an astonishing um film and then you have killing of a chinese bookie which might be my favorite i have still there's still cassavetti's films i haven't seen but then you have opening night and love streams and it feels like this is like an interesting i don't i don't i have no interest in trying to bridge a gap between him and his other films because i'm not interested in i'm not interested in trying to think of like ooh the trajectory of his career but you can see him advancing as a filmmaker and this is an int- it's a really interesting antidote like it's like you finish husbands mm-hmm. and your mouth tastes like tar and then you <laughs> eat so cotton candy and it's yeah, this movie it's, it's like a palate a nice, cleanser but it's a palate cleanser that doesn't lack for like all of the hallmarks of a Cassavetti's true thing and i think there's also definitely yeah there's meat on that bone but um, it's definitely uh, a film worth checking out. How are you? It's a great, great, great movie. How are you feeling about? Uh, we've got, we've got some, we've got some, we've got some stuff coming down the pipeline, George. We do. Yeah. Next oh, up. We, uh, well, next up is, is Woman Under the Woman Influence. Under the influence. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, and also, we're going to do the the Cabot thing. Yes. So we are. Promise. Well, now. so that's actually going to come out before this episode. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, because we're going to release it after a husband, so we got to cut that out. <laughs> George, cut it out. Cut it out. Little family. What's that show called? Don't tap that. Family, family, family. Matters. Family. What's the show? Steve Urkel. No. The guy from uh, uh, Full House. Oh, Full House, yeah. Cut it out. Oh, God. Oh, God. Dave Coulier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And on that note. uh, You got it, dude. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Wait, we're going to add something? Uh, Is that how we sign off? I'm Liam Billingham. And I'm George Vergopoulos. And this was... Uber Busters. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, so let's just do it. Let's just go right yeah. into it. I'm George Vergopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be. 